Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Mary Magdalene, Mary the, the mother of James, and Salome, that first Easter, were terrified and bewildered. It seems kind of strange to us, that's the end of our gospel reading for today, those are the last statements virtually saying that they were terrified and bewildered, and it even goes on to say that when they went to the tomb, they walked away afraid, so they didn't say anything at all. And you really begin to wonder, how could that be the last statement of our gospel today? It's almost as if something's missing there, something that Mark should have added more onto, but here, we we don't hear about the the, the frilly details of Easter, the excitement, the joy, the running around, telling every single person. Instead, we hear the last thing is they were bewildered and they were afraid and they were trembling. I could probably guess why they were trembling. It was probably a little bit of fear because they were going to a grave and they were expecting the, the ordinary when they got there. You see, they, they saw it every day, they, they saw it with their family and their friends, that when someone died, they stayed dead. And so when someone died, especially on the cross, and, and died in front of everyone so everyone can see, and was put in a grave, they expected to find the ordinary there, that when they went to the grave, they would find a tomb with the rock in front of it, and behind that rock would be a body that was sitting in there for now the third day, They expected the ordinary when they went to the tomb. That's why they were bringing spices, expensive perfumes. Because in in haste, on Good Friday, Jesus' body was wrapped and thrown into the tomb, and so they were going to give him a proper burial. Even if he began to to stink a little bit, they were going to give him one last send-off because this was the last time that they would be with Jesus. They couldn't live with him any longer. They'd have to live their lives without him, and it just spoke volumes to the love they had for their Savior. It spoke volumes to the love they had for Jesus, but they were terrified because when they got there, they didn't see the ordinary. There was nothing ordinary about the tomb when they got there. Because where the stone should have been, there the opening was, and the stone was thrown away on the ground. Where in a graveyard, one of the starkest reminders of our imminent doom, where there should have been a dead body, there was sitting an angel. And inside that tomb that should have been filled with a corpse, there was no body at all, and so they walked into the extraordinary They walked into the extraordinary and they didn't even begin to realize it because Jesus was risen, he was gone, and that's the message that the angel told to them and that's the message that caused them to tremble and be bewildered. And it might not just be bewilderment and trembling out of fear either. Perhaps this trembling was something else. You know when you really get excited? When your heart starts beating really fast? And it's almost as if your actions are magnified. You can't really control your body because you're so excited. Sometimes you tremble. The word starstruck comes to mind. When you meet your idol face to face and at those times when you can't really get words out of your mouth because you, you, 
you just don't operate properly and your heart's beating and your hands are shaking, you're starstruck, you're trembling, not out of fear, you're trembling out of excitement. Maybe that's what these women who went to the tomb, maybe that's why they were trembling. Because, you see, in a moment, they saw both sides of the cross. In an instant, they saw one side of the cross, which they very clearly showed they believed that side, because as they walked to the tomb, they were ready to rebury and rewrap Jesus because they knew he would be dead, and there was no coming alive, and that side of the cross was terrifying. Because if Jesus didn't rise, who could rise? If Jesus wasn't alive, no one could come alive from death to life. And so they were fully expecting to live their lives without Jesus. And that side of the cross is terrifying. Because it would mean they would go live their ordinary lives. It means they would do the, the very same things as the rest of the world did. They would have no hope. They would try to avoid death as much as possible and go carrying around their, their lives, trying to supply their lives on their feeble efforts and try to keep everything together by themselves. That was that side of the cross. It was scary. It was terrifying. But in a moment, you see the other side of the cross. You, you go from the ordinary and you step into the extraordinary. Because when they saw that that tomb was open and when they saw that there was no body there and when they heard that Jesus rose, you can imagine how they began to think. Just the implications of what that meant for them. Certainly that was a reason why they were going away trembling from this tomb because it meant everything changed. Everything changed. Because their life didn't have to be the ordinary life of fear of death. Didn't have to be reliance on yourself and your own efforts. All of a sudden, they believed. They understood what Jesus said and all his promises. And all of a sudden, they understood their life wasn't in their hands. And balancing precariously on their work. All of a sudden, the promise Jesus made about their lives and God caring for them and watching over them, they understood. Suddenly, they began to realize, and you see this with the disciples, that this, this message, this extraordinary message that is far higher than we are, that God gave to us, is extraordinary in the fact that we get to share this wonderful message that is far beyond our knowledge with people who are just like us, who need to hear about the assurance and the hope that they have. And most importantly, that because that tomb was empty, death was defeated. There is no need to fear death. It vanished. Just like that. And so they trembled only beginning to understand the implications of what that meant for them. It would change their life completely. Because if Jesus rose, as it seemed he did, and we we have the assurance that he rose from the angels and from other people seeing him, 
that means I can look at my life completely different than I have. It means I could, I could do things completely different than I have in the past because all the time in the past, I've been looking down to myself selfishly, making sure I'm in control of everything. And yet, if Christ rose, we know God is in control of everything. And so that if we rely on his promises and his, his care for our lives, we know we will be fine. We'll be okay. Because he makes promises like he did in our Old Testament reading. This is what this change. It says, Isaiah, On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of the meats and finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove all disgrace from his people, from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. If Jesus rose... It changes everything. It changes our ordinary lives, how the world defines ordinary, that we live our life here to the best we can and then it comes to an end and that's it. And it, it brings something final that's, that's not really final. It says, as you believe in me, when death comes to your doorstep, it's not the end. In fact, it is never the end. It keeps on going. You have eternal life where tears will be wiped away from your face and there will be no more mourning. Maybe that's why the woman who went to that tomb trembled. Certainly we we come here and, and maybe if we think we're coming to something ordinary here, we think we're just coming to another gathering or a festival or, or this is just another way to learn about how to live our, our life a little bit better in this world, this is not where we hear about the ordinary. This is where we hear about the extraordinary. This is where we hear about the supernatural, that in Christ's death and him not being in that grave and the, and the woman's not seeing him there, all of a sudden, our lives will change. And And I'm convinced that we're afraid that this will change our lives to a way we don't like it because it takes us away from being our selfish selves and looking down at ourselves and caring only about ourselves and those around us. And it pulls our eyes up to heaven. It pulls our eyes towards our Savior who's sitting there and reigning on the right side of the Father in heaven and reigning for our good. A Father that says, Don't worry about tomorrow. I'll worry about it for you. I clothe the lilies and I feed the birds. Don't worry. I will care for you so that you can now rely on my promises. That changes us. To rely on God's promises, to to hear his will and say, I'll do it unquestioningly because Christ rose just as you promised. 
to, to be able to do that and, and understand that no matter what happens in this life, God has got our back and he's with us and he's leading us down the right path, leading us on Christ's journey so that when the end comes, we stand there before our God, not facing death, but facing life. It's almost as if Mark's gospel is incomplete, this lesson. With the the ladies wandering away, trembling and bewildered. But there's there's a painting by, uh, his name is Gilbert Stewart. You've seen it. If you pull out a dollar bill, you, you see it on the front of the dollar bill. A portrait of George Washington. It's called the Anatheum. And if you look at the whole portrait, you realize it's not finished. Only the the top right corner is painted. You only see the bust of George Washington, and the rest of it's white. And he did this intentionally. First, because unfinished portrait he gets to keep, and he can make copies of it and make money off of it. But secondly, he wanted to allow that empty space for imagination. So what was George Washington wearing that day? Was he standing or sitting? What, what room was he in? Where was he? The Gospel of Mark seems to do the same thing. It leaves this blank canvas. It draws our eyes into this blank canvas, not because the Gospel isn't unfinished, but this is the part that you and I are part of. It, it's, it draws us in because it, it reminds us that the very words that Jesus, God spoke in the, in the beginning, he will come back and, and end this history, this life, and yet the life to come is unpainted. It's left to our imagination. It's left to us to think how wonderful and great it will be. Mark doesn't give the frilly details in his gospel. He only gives the basics and he says, he is not here, he is risen. And that's all we need. The rest of it is a blank canvas. A canvas in which our God paints you and me into for eternal life. Our King rose so that we might have glory. That's what Easter is about. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on the bottom page 7 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.